As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals, number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As an aquaculture business, how do you bridge all the activities you have to do in your operations and how to focus on what matters? This episode is dedicated to answering that question. So listen in and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you listen to episode 6, season 3, we discussed how the Center for Seafood Innovation Managers, Deborah Hellback, connects industry expertise with resources. Welcome to episode 7, season 3 of the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This episode, let's welcome Stephen Gunder of Witaya Aqua, who's the Director of Business Development. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you, Lourdes. Pleasure to be here. Wataya Aqua is a recent winner of the Global Aquaculture Challenge hosted by the Yield Lab Asia Pacific. Their mission is to help aquaculture operations be more profitable, sustainable, and environmentally friendly by making sense of your aquaculture data. They have intelligent tools for the aquaculture industry, from ingredients to feeds to animals. Welcome again, Stephen. Thank you. So maybe we can get started by letting our audience know, how did you get into this industry? Personally, I started 20 years ago or so. I'm a animal nutritionist from the University of Guelph with a background in fish nutrition. And I did that, my master's under the tutelage of Dr. Dominic Biro. I then moved to Chile and worked in the aquaculture industry in Chile and did 12 years of working in the aquaculture, aquafeed and feed industry in Chile. After which, in 2017, I moved to Scotland to become the technical director of Biomar for their operation in the UK. At the end of 2019, I moved to Canada, where my family was, and got in contact with Dominic Piro again, my professor from when I did my master's, to ask him whether he had any opportunities in the industry. And his company, Wataya Aqua, was hiring, and I took the job. That is an amazing background. I like that you have like a diversity of experiences, not only from different industries, but also from different countries, which brings a lot of, I guess, a skill set to the table. In it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're in this industry. We certainly need a lot more people <laughs> with this expertise. Oh, thank you. My next question then is, what is one thing you can share with a business aquaculturist that can make a big difference in their organization based on what you've seen so far? One of the things that I think is the most important, one of the reasons that with IO we're doing what we're doing is data and data transference and the seamless 
integration of data between all stakeholders in the industry. As most industries are, it's a very competitive industry and nobody wants to give up their, their trade secrets. But there's a lot we can learn from each other and a lot we can do together as an industry when we pool all of our data together to solve problems. I mean, the problems and the solutions and the keys to developing a sustainable industry, and we're talking about an industry, not just a sustainable business for one partner, we're talking about a sustainable industry, is to pool our resources together and efficiently use the data across all stakeholders to be able to improve what we're doing as an industry. I like what you mentioned there. I always mention about, in all of the episodes, how important it is for sustainable collaborations, because I think that's what will make this industry go to the next level is all this sharing of information so that we can have not just reinventing the wheel if someone is experiencing the same problem that other people already solved. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Maybe you can give me a lot more information. What have you seen as some differences in terms of your experience from different countries in terms of I don't know, regulation or maybe some technology. What can you share with our audience? Well, there's, I mean, there's definitely a wide array of technologies that are being used by the different sectors of the industry that varies from not only the type of aquaculture operation you're in, be it fin fish farming or marine farming or shrimp culture. And depending on which region of the world you're in, the technology and access technology varies greatly. A lot of my work was done in the salmon industry, and the salmon industry has access to a lot of technology. It's a developed industry. It's an industry in which there's a lot of research and development. There's a lot of development in hardware and technologies and things like automatic feeding, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas some of the other industries that I've become familiar with, such as in Central America and now through Wittaya, becoming more familiar with Southeast Asia and what's happening out in the eastern part of the planet is is that the technology is not necessarily able to be used yet. It might be available, but it's not for resource reasons, perhaps available, because each species that we farm and each country that we farm them in has different resources available to be able to use and utilize technology. So it's a very wide array of use cases and a wide variety of opportunities that are available to us. It's really true what you mentioned about just even probably same species, but different countries may have different rulings, regulations, technology, and it definitely has to adapt on the landscape of where they're located. It is too. Yeah. It's the regulations part of it. They also vary from country to country because as, as countries are developing, they're also developing all of their different regulations for everything else that they do as a developing nation. So as an industry such as the aquaculture industry becomes a more prominent part of a country's development, and as industry players need more rules by which to play by, more rules about the sustainability, more rules about the environment and how they're going to affect the environment because their impact becomes larger as they grow, then it needs to be more tightly regulated. So the legislation as well is also, there's a wide variety of legislation and how it's implemented, when it's implemented, and how strict it is based on the different countries that you're doing business in. And it's fascinating, too, that you guys are really thriving because I like to tell our audience that as we move from the information age to imagination society, data plays a big role in how this new digital decade is going to change any industry for that matter. Is there any talk in terms of metaverse of how you do data at Vitaya? 
Yes, I mean, what we have found, and this comes off the back of our co-founders work globally, assisting the aquaculture industry from all sorts of regions around the world and working with more than 30 species, is data is something that there's a plethora of data. There's so much data out there in our industry between all the stakeholders that work in the industry. But what there isn't is, for want of a better word, a kind of standardization of the use of this data and how we collect the data and then how we manipulate and analyze the data afterwards. So even within a, a single office, a single company, each person that, for example, has to make a data sheet or a spreadsheet in Excel will do it differently. There's no standardized way. And then when you have to share that data in order to turn it into information to make meaningful decisions, then that becomes an inefficient process because nothing is standardized. And what we're trying to do in Wataya is help the industry flourish by standardizing and making the collection of data and the validation of data and the evaluation of data more sensical to make it more of a structured way of dealing with data so we can turn it into decision-making information. That's brilliant. The word standardization and the structuring so that everybody can have like, I guess, a common ground, whether they're from different species or different countries, if there's just this one, for lack of a better term, collection of data hub, if I may say it as that would be a really great help. My last question to you is share what's your biggest insight in more than a decade of experience you've seen in the aquaculture industry. What I'm happy about as far as an insight with the industry is Slowly, the industry is coming together to work as an industry and not to work as an individual or as a set or group of individual companies that are trying to just solve their own problems and trying to get ahead and, and try and be a profitable business. Other industries that I've worked in and also our co-founders have worked in, such as the dairy industry, for example, is an example we use commonly in the office have succeeded as an industry because they do work together, they do share data, they do benchmark what they do with their colleagues, with their peers, with their competitors, so that as an industry, they can grow. And I see that our industry now is starting to work together. And really, they're starting to recognize that as an industry, we are the future of sustainable food production, sustainable protein production for the growing population that we have on the planet. And so it's nice to see there's more of a reason and more of an openness towards industry-wide collaboration. That's great. So my biggest takeaway from our conversation today is that pulling resources together, you mentioned a lot about coming together, which is wonderful. Standardization, benchmarking, there's a lot of really good stuff that you shared with us. Thank you for your time today, Stephen. How can they get in touch with you? Well, they can get in touch with us via our website at wittaya-aqua.ca. They can get in touch with me in my email, stephen.gunther at wittaya-aqua.ca. And there I will respond to any questions that anybody has and can show them how we're developing software that can help the industry manipulate and collect their data and use it to make business decisions. Thank you so much again for your time, Stephen. To our subscribers, we appreciate your time listening to the show. Remember, you build a home in the Philippines via B1G1.com for every episode, so share away. Our guest for next episode is Nathan Fain Carter. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks again, Stephen. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are inspired from this episode. 
Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture.